This is Jay Schultz, and it is time for the Cinema Talk segment with Bruce and Jay on the phone, my good friend, Bruce Stout. Bruce, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Uh, welcome to September. It's yeah. a change of season. You know, it's been kind of a beautiful September. I'm doing well, Jay. How are you doing out in Hartford? I'm glad that the humidity is finally gone and, and uh, things <laughs> have, have cooled off. We had a huge storm roll through here yesterday. Uh, it only lasts about, tw- about about 25 minutes, but we got like an inch of rain and some uh, amazing winds. Uh, so, Bruce, as we do yeah. every month, um, we uh, look back before we talk our before we talk about our topic. We look back and uh, talk about those that we've lost this past month. Um, Bruce, I'm going to want you to start off with our very first first person on our list. Absolutely, no problem. It's Don Everly, the last surviving member of the Everly Brothers. And I just wanted to make clear, I think you and I are the same age. Our parents probably loved the Everly Brothers. And Don Everly uh, passed away August 21st at the age of 84. That's a pretty rich life. Don and his younger brother, Phil, were a part of the first group inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. I didn't know that. Elvis Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, you know, so he's in great company. In a five-year span between 1957 to 1962, they had 15 top 10 hits, including Bye Bye Love, and I'm old enough to remember that song. Right, right. All you have to do is dream. And then another one that I remember from childhood is Wake Up Little Susie and Kathy's Clown. These were staples on pop radio for their era. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the Everly Brothers were um, one of the the huge acts back then. And obviously they were one of the first groups inducted into the Hall of, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. You know, their, their, their music is part of our existence. You know, if you were, yeah, well, I mean, whether you like it or not, whether you like true. it or not. Well, and I, I don't, I don't think anyone dislikes their music. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, no. it's a part of our fabric. So, uh, yeah, rest in yes, peace, yes. Don Everly. He's with his brother now. So, uh, I'll move on to number yeah. two. Uh, this is Ruth Marks and she is singer of classic TV jingles and mother of pop star Richard Marks. She passed away August 24th at the age of 85. Uh, she recorded uh, the jingles for Chicken of the Sea Tuna. If you remember, what's the best tuna you happen to yes, see? Yes, I do. Yeah, Chicken you know, of the Sea. Chicken uh, of the Sea, right? Yeah, I, I mean, she, she recorded, yeah. <laughs> she recorded uh, the Double Mint Gum uh, uh, commercial, Virginia Slims, and Kellogg's Raisin Bran. I mean, uh-huh. she, she was huge yeah. uh, in the ad industry, but her son, Richard Marks, um, you know, obviously became a huge pop star, and she sang with him yeah, as a backup. So uh, a great story, and rest, rest in peace, Miss Marks. Yes, sir. Uh, do you want me to move on? Absolutely. You do that. All right. Number three, Charlie Watts, Rolling Stones drummer for 58 years. That's impressive. Passed away August 24th at the age of 80. 
Watts was considered the heartbeat of the band, uh, meaning the Rolling Stones, who hits, uh, whose hits include Gimme Shelter, Honky Talk Woman, Brown Sugar, Start Me Up, and Satisfaction, considered by many to be one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. That's true. The Stones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in uh, 1989. And Jay, if you don't mind, can I insert a caveat personally? Sure, absolutely. When it comes to Charlie Watts, um, I did, frankly, grow up with the Rolling Stones, you know. Um, but what I thought was so fascinating about him, Charlie Watts had a reputation of being very, very down-to-earth, as did the bassist, Bill Wyman. I think he's still with us. But by contrast, as far as the Rolling Stones, you know, Mick Jagger, uh, Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, they got all the publicity. They got all the hype. But by contrast, Bill Wyman and Charlie Watts, like, you know, you mentioned, it's like they were the backbone of the Rolling Stones. They weren't out in the forefront. They didn't get all the publicity and the hype, but they were very, very solid musicians. So, yes, I had a lot of respect for Charlie Watts. There's a a great story of um, after a concert or in one of the hotels where Mick Jagger said, where you know, yelling out loud, where's my drummer? Charlie Watts walks into the room but punches him dead in the face and he says, I'm not your drummer, you're my singer. <laughs> he walks out of the room. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, oh, and, and man, this guy and he deserved to say that. Yeah, and and and, and, and you know, uh, Charlie Watts was the 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 rock of this group that held it together for years. I mean he he was he was married to one. I mean he didn't party with them. He didn't you know he well maybe he was at the parties with them, but he wasn't partying with them. He was married to one person all of that time. He held that. I mean he held that band together, and he was you know praised universally praised uh, you know by the other you know, other drummers in the industry and other musicians. So yeah, rest in peace, yeah. Mr. Watts. Definitely. All right. So right up, right up until the present day. So right. Go ahead. You're absolutely, next. absolutely, no question. So um, this one is is this one's hard because. Uh, I followed him on Twitter, and he was actively Twitter twittering until he passed. And that is actor and humanitarian Ed Asner. He passed away August 29th at the age of 91. He won seven Emmy Awards, five of them for playing the gruff and lovable character Lou Grant, introduced on the Mary Tyler Moe right. Show. Uh, he was all as he was named um, nominated as best actor in 1971, 72, 75, uh, 78, and 70 and 80. As uh, on the Lou Grant. So, so, so the first three the ones Lou were Grant. the first were for Mary Tyler Moore show. The last two were for him on the Lou Grant show. So Mary Tyler Moore was a comedy, and Lou Lou Grant that yeah. was a drama, right? I mean, he was an editor drama. of a newspaper. Yes. An hour long, as yeah. opposed to a half an hour. Right, like exactly. Mary Tyler Moore was half an hour. Lou Grant was a whole hour. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. He won five Golden Globes, one for Rich Man Poor Man, and two each for the series where he portrayed Lou Grant. Primarily a TV actor, Ad, wow. act, Asner had 406 acting credits. This guy was constantly working. If you look up his, IMDb, yeah, if you work look up his IMDb profile, he's still got seven or eight items that are being produced that he has already done work for. It, it's crazy. His yeah. movies included El Dorado in 1966, a John Wayne film where he plays the villain. Uh, Elf, where he uh-huh. in 2003 with Will Ferrell and, and Zoe Deschanel, where he plays Santa Claus, and Up, uh, mm-hmm. which is the Pixar movie where he plays the the grumpy old man Carl Fredrickson, 2009. 
Uh, he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild from 1981 to 85 and was honored in 2000 with the union's prestigious Ralph Morgan Award. He was an outspoken supporter of several humanitarian and political causes, including trade unionism and animal rights. And he was inducted in the Academy of Television and Arts Science Hall of Fame in 1996. Now, he performed on the stage of Woodstock, the Opera House, twice. Mm-hmm. Woodstock you know, 15 minutes from here. Really? He, he performed on that stage twice yeah. in 2011 and 2017. In 2011, he was doing a one-man FDR show, and Matt Fagerholm, who we had as a guest, interviewed him. And he was a very interesting person. Um, he, he, people would call him a, a socialist, and his, and one of his, I think, his son Matt on on uh, on fa- on Twitter said he's not, he never considered himself socialist. He considered himself a human a humanist, right? That he cared about other human beings, and. Yeah. In this interview that Matt does with him, he calls Barack. I mean, this guy votes left. He called Barack Obama an empty suit. I mean, it's, I mean, he was really harsh on Obama. He just felt like he never accomplished anything that he should have. So, um, real quickly though, let to celebrate Ed Asner, uh, let's play this clip from uh, him on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. You know what? Let's do it. You got spunk. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, he was he was wonderful. And uh, do you have any thoughts on Ed Asner? I have great thoughts. Um, I'm going to interject in my old time. And I, you know, I grew up with Mary Tyler Moore and Lou Grant. I'm very, very familiar with Ed, Ed Asner. My favorite role of his, I and this is personal, Jay, I saw JFK, the Oliver Stone film uh, about the Kennedy assassination with your roommate, Chris. And I remember Ed Asner, my favorite role is he plays this really cantankerous, uh, so, you know, you might call him a conspirator, but he's just this really nasty, mean guy. So it comes as no surprise that he had all those film credits. Uh, credits um, and you know for JFK he's not in the, I wouldn't call it a cameo there were spoken words but I think that was at Asner's pinnacle but yeah of course we can't remember I mean we can't forget uh, Mary Tyler Moore or Lou Grant and you know spunk yes so anyway do you <laughs> want me to move on yes please do Okay. Um, number five is Greg Leakes, um, who appeared on Real Housewives of Atlanta. Star and Nene Leakes' husband passed away September 1st at the age of 66. Leakes appeared in 80 episodes of the reality show spanning from 2008 to 2019. I won't lie. That's kind of obscure to me. I'm not really familiar with Greg Lakes. Yeah, I, I've never watched the show. I do know, I think, I believe he passed from, uh, he, had, he was battling cancer. So um, I'll move to the next one if you're uh, okay with that. Uh, David Patton, three-time Super Bowl winning wide receiver with the New England Patriots, passed away September 3rd at the age of 47. I believe it was a motorci- <coughs> motorcycle accident, very young. Uh, he played with five different teams during his NFL career. He was undrafted. Uh, he holds the distinction of ca- uh, catching Tom Brady's first touchdown pass uh, in the Super in the Super Bowl in the Patriots' twenty to seventeen win over the St. Louis Rams in two thousand two. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Patton. Absolutely. And moving right along, uh, we're going to go to what I would call a household name. 
uh, for me personally, and that would be Willard Scott, longtime weatherman on the Today Show, passed away September 3rd at the age of 87. Scott was indeed the weatherman on the Today Show for three decades. That impresses me, and worked for NBC for 65 years. Willard was a man of his time, the ultimate broadcaster. There will never be another one quite like him, and that's what Al Roker said. And Scott was the creator of the original This I Didn't Know. Ronald McDonald, can I share a personal memory about Willard Scott? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, he he used to do a segment on the Today Show, and he would show, I think it was brought to us by Smucker's Jam, but he would have these very, like, geriatric, really old, you know, males and females, and he would invariably ask the question before he got to his weather forecast, like, what is your secret for your longevity? You know, what, what is your secret for living so long? And when I say old, I mean really old people. Do you remember that format? I, I barely do. I, I hardly watch the Today Show, but I do know Mr. Scott. He's, he's famous. Absolutely. All right. Well, you want to move on? Well, I just want to say, I don't know. You can go look at that Willard Scott McDonald's as Ronald yeah. McDonald commercial. It is creepy. It is absolutely a creepy <laughs> version. They obviously, obviously they saw, I mean, and he created the concept that he created the idea of Ronald McDonald, but they obviously yeah. edited it and changed it later on. Cause it really just, it didn't, that did not work. The first installment. And now Willard Scott's a wonderful person and very warm and genuine yeah, to know. people. So why don't you go and do the next one too? Okay, number eight is Sarah Harding. Again, I'll confess, I don't know much about her, but I know she was the lead singer for the band Girls Aloud. And she passed away at a very early age on September 5th at the age of 39 after a bout with breast cancer. So it's really heartbreaking. I yeah. would love your thoughts about Sarah Harding because I'll confess, I don't know a lot about her. I, I don't either, uh, but I did see, you know, we did want to uh, recognize her. I, the girls allowed, uh, you know, a big band. I think it's a, a, a British British band. Um, and so, uh, you know, rest in peace, Miss Harding. Now, I, want, I wanted to do the next one. That's why I jumped. I, I, I had to do two in a row. Uh, this is actor Michael K. Williams. He passed away September 6th at the age of 54. He had 111 acting credits, credits most notably uh, the character Omar from the, the TV series The Wire, where he, he played that character 51 times, and Chalky White sure. from the TV series Boardwalk Empire, uh, where he, he appeared 56 times. He also appeared in uh, the TV series The Philanthropist, uh, Kill Point, uh, Lovecraft Country, which was just a year ago, a year or two ago. No, a year ago. It was filmed in Woodstock, partially in Woodstock, Illinois, which was really cool. Uh, and he was in yeah. the, he was in the movie Gone Baby Gone. It, several movies um, that he was in, his character was in. He was was a wonderful actor. And I did you ever watch The Wire? I have. It's it's hugely popular. I'll confess, no. Yeah, it, it it is wonderful. Really, I didn't watch it until six months ago. And this and uh, his portrayal. Of this uh, it, basically, it's 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 a um, he's a he's a he's not a drug dealer. He is a like a Robin Hood 
Uh, but he he robs basically robs from other drug drug dealers, takes all their stuff, and then he keeps it and dishes it out. Uh, so it's kind of like Robin Hood, mm. but he's not giving it to the poor; he's keeping it for himself. But he play, he only robs from other drug dealers, so it's you know he only he only goes after those in the game, as he would say. Uh, and he was he was really well, like a, like he said, it's like Robin Robin Hood. You know, yeah, it's kind of like Robin Hood. from the wealthy to get to the poor. It is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, but he doesn't. Get, he doesn't end up giving it the poor. I mean, he keeps it. He benefits from it. So, um, and it was also mm-hmm. it was also a gay character. It was one of the first openly gay characters in a show like that, a TV uh, crime drama, that mm-hmm. a continuous character, 51 episodes. It was he was wonderful. So, go ahead and uh, do the yeah. last one. Our final one is French actor Jean-Paul Bellamondo. He passed away September 6th at the age of 88. Bellamondo had 91 acting credits, most notably the movie Breathless, directed by Jean-Luc Godard. Other notable movies include uh, Perio, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Le Fou, and Is Paris Burning, and The Thief of Paris, and Casino Royale, you know that film, Uh, Belmondo was famous for his rugged look and his, you know, performing his own stunts. Not many actors can say that. No, he did the vast majority of his stunts, and, uh, you know, like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise does most of his stunts, and it's crazy Mm -hmm. because a lot of that stuff is extremely dangerous but uh i you know i'll be honest with you i've never i've never seen i think i've seen is in is paris burning but i don't remember it's been so long that was back when we were with blockbuster you know so it's been a long time uh any other thoughts on him you know you know what i love about the show is it kind of opens my eyes to people i might otherwise overlook so yeah i mean they'll all be missed i like the fact that you bring up you know those that have passed away and we miss them in memoriam even the oscars do that so i guess we're going to move on to our major topic and do you well, want me to lead or do no. you want to give a little bit of biography well before we before we do that my friend Ford. before we do that yes sir oh you got to play the song right yeah. now <laughs> All right, well, there we go. And it's now time to move on to our topic. Bruce, what are we talking about this week? We are going to be talking about one of the most storied uh, movie stars in my lifetime. Just like you, you and I are, are more or less the same age. But we're going to talk about the colorful career of Harrison Ford. And you could go on and on and on, but I thought what we could do, Jay, is let's just give some sort of vital, to, you know, you, you've done your research. Do you want to start off with the biography of Harrison Ford, or do you want me to start with that? I'd love for you to do it. Go ahead. Very good. I didn't know this until I did my research. He was born July 13th, 1942, in Chicago. We all know about Chicago. Ford was a master carpenter before uh, becoming an actor as a craft, and he still enjoys it 
as a hobby. And Ford was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor for his portrayal as John Book in Witness. We'll go on to that in 1985 because, yeah, we'll, we'll address that. Do you want to give a few other uh, sound bites as far as he's concerned? Sure. He was nominated for the Golden Glove for his performances in Witness, The Mosquito Coast, The Fugitive, and Sabrina. Um, he received the American Film Institute Lifetime Achievement Award in 2000 the Cecil B. DeMille Award in 2002, and received a star on the Walk of Fame in 2003. He has 81 acting credits. He's portrayed Indiana Jones four times, soon to be five, Han Solo four times, Jack Ryan twice, um, let's see, Solo uh, number three and Jones number one, right by the 100 greatest movie characters of all time. So the number one rated movie character of all time is Indiana Jones. The number three movie character of all time, ranked by Empire Magazine in 2020, is Han Solo. So to think about that, that two of the top three movie characters of all time recognized by movie viewers around the world are played by this one man. So go ahead and let you, you continue. Well, I, you know, I wanted to point out the yeah. nuance. He is just so down to earth. He is such an everyman. So, yeah, I am going to launch into my, uh, we'll go in ascending order. But, yes, I mean, overall, if you're going to esteem Harrison Ford, he's an everyman. It's kind of akin to Bruce Willis in a way. You know, on the one hand, he's an action hero, but then he's down to earth. He is an actor you can relate to. So if it's okay with you, Jay, I'm going to start with my number three. Okay. And that. Harrison Ford, and that would be Air Force One. Um, and this is cheating, but it's invariably Air Force One is invariably going to be com- uh, uh, compared to Independence Day. And what I mean by that is now Harrison Ford is the president of the United States, but he's also an action hero. At the same time, that's why I say it's not fair like Bill Pullman in Independent States, the president, but then yet he's also an action hero. Air, uh, Air Force One, 1987, and it was directed uh, by Wolfgang Peterson. Uh, some people will remember that director from Das Boot. It's a great, uh, it's a great romp, and Air Force One features Gary Oldman, who, you know, I'm an actor, but for my money, one of the best villains of all time. You know, he plays sort of like the chief terrorist on um, on Air Force One, and then there's that iconic scene where it's like, "Get off my plane!" And wait, 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 just, what was that? Hold on. my plane. <laughs> you nailed it, Jay. You it nailed is. it. Nobody forget that. <laughs> so if it's okay with you, why don't you go ahead and move to your number three? So my number three is the movie uh, Clear and Present Danger. Uh, and that's from 1994, starring uh, Philip Noyce. And this is the third installment of the Jack Ryan character. Uh, the, the, the first movie... Um, uh, Hunt for Red October, Alec Baldwin played uh, Jack Ryan. And these are based on the uh, Tom Clancy books of the same name. Uh, or not the same yes, name. Sir. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I guess of the same name because all the books are, all the movies are based on the title. Uh, then there, there was the movie uh, Patriot Games, uh, where mm-hmm. that's when Harrison Ford took over. And I think Samuel L. Jackson's actually in that movie. 
with Harrison Ford. Yeah. I think Ann Archer plays Harrison Ford's wife in the two films. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, and I, I didn't I, I kind of messed up here, but um, Willem Dafoe plays this character um, named Jack Clark, uh, who mm-hmm. basically applied to clear, clear and present danger uh, is a, a missions authorized in some South American country uh, to uh, for us to do something. I can't remember what, what it was, but it goes bad. And the rest of the White House, he's like a White House aide now. They're going to throw him under the bus, right? So it goes bad, and these men, these men are stuck there. So Ryan, you know, played by Ford, commissions a, a you know, a helicopter, and and he goes down there to get these men out of, you know, the jungle. You know, and it's a terrific you know, sequence, you know, Willem Dafoe thinks that he's been told by the White House, other White House personnel that it was, you know, Harrison Ford's character that did this. And, you know, so Ford shows up and Dafoe is going to kill him, you know, but then he realizes that, no, this guy came to save us. So, that you know, they, they end yeah. up pulling out the remaining men. Uh, and there's a great scene, and I'm trying to look it up, uh, the name of the president, the actor who played the president. Um but but he he commissions him you know gets a meeting with the president and he goes in and there's a famous you know he's like um telling the president basically reading the riot act and the president's like you're not going to come here and bark at me like some junkyard dog and Harrison Ford is like <laughs> he's like it gives me no pleasure to do this Mr. President right. I mean he didn't want to do this and and so the president then says, well, no, you're not going to go and do anything with this. You're going to keep this in your pocket until you need it, right? You need, you know, something from us, and we'll be able to take care of you then. And, and Harrison Ford's character does the right thing because that's what his character does. And every single movie, every well, I mean, yeah, obviously Presumed Innocent where he's cast as a villain. And, you know, there's movies where he plays yeah. a villain. But when he's cast in this role as kind of the reluctant hero. He doesn't really want to be a hero. That's not what he wants to do. He just wants to do his job. He just wants to do his job. That's what he wants to do. He's the reluctant hero here, and the reluctant hero doesn't really want to be the face of anything, but he does the right thing, and he goes in front of Congress and testifies, you know, how screwed up this was. And really, Ford, um, you know, of the two movies, Patriot Games, I felt kind of like, was was kind of lurching along, trying to find itself. I felt like this movie did a much better job of identifying that that character that Harrison Ford was playing as Jack Ryan, which is a different version than Alec Baldwin played. So yeah, I I really enjoyed Clear and Present Danger. Your thoughts? My thoughts there. You just touched on a semantic about with regards to Harrison Ford. And yes, I like I I'm with you. I love Clear and Present Danger, and I like the whole series. You know, that, you know, it's Clancy, it's espionage, it's almost like a James Bond. But you touched on a great semantic. I think Harrison Ford, even if you want to take it to the level of Han Solo or Indiana Jones, they're all reluctant heroes. And that's what you said a moment ago. It's like they wind up being heroes, but they almost like back into it. You know what I mean? It's not their intention to be a hero. They're like you said, they're doing their job and they, you know, as it turns out, wind up being, you know, a hero. Do you want me to move into my number two? Absolutely. Go ahead. 
Okay, uh, my number two is The Fugitive. Uh, that was released in 1993. I will confess, I know almost nothing about Andrew Davis, who directed it. I do know that The Fugitive was a very popular TV series in the 50s and 60s with Patrick McGowan. Um, but the feature-length film in 1993, it's got, first of all, one of my all-time favorite movie quotes by any actor, but anybody that's seen seen that film, you know, it's Richard Kimball, and it's set in Chicago, by the way, let's not forget that, um, but it's kind of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Hollywood quotes, and that, you know, Tommy Lee Jones plays this, like, really zealous, you know, man hunter, you know, and he's, you know, his whole modus operandi is tracking down Richard Kimball, because everybody's on the impression that he killed his wife, played by Celia Ward, who, by the way, is beautiful, but the line I love so much it's very iconic when he dives into, I don't even know what body of water is, but right before he does that, Tommy Lee Jones like corners him until the, you know, the mouth of the water and, uh, and Harrison Ford, Richard Kimball just says, I didn't kill my wife. And then Tommy Lee Jones says, I don't care. <laughs> right. You know, I'm here to hunt you down. I don't, this is not morality here. You know what I mean? So your thoughts, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, filmed in Chicago, filmed by uh, Chicago director Andrew Davis, Chicago director, uh, large amount yeah. of a lot of cast members from Chicago. Tommy Lee Jones wins wins an Academy Award for his his role as as oh. the marshal. Uh, you've got Joey Pants, Joe, Joe Pantigliano is in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, and this, you know, this is you know, it's based upon the TV show, right? I mean, he is convicted for murdering his wife, and he didn't do it. So mm -hmm. the, at the end. When he figures this out and he confronts his friend, um, right here, I'm going to play this for you. This is a, just a 45-second clip, one of my favorite parts in the movie. It's, it's kind of already gone mostly on, but here is where he says it out loud what happened. Okay. You changed the samples, didn't you, huh? You switched the samples after lunch died. Let's stay, stay calm, people. After Lentz died, you were the only one who had the access. You switched the samples and the pathology reports. Did you kill Lentz, too? Huh? Can we get some security huh? in here, please? Did you? You falsified his research so that our DU-90 could be approved and Devlin McGregor could give you Provasic. So... Again, this is just an ordinary man who is a doctor mm -hmm. who just wants to be a doctor and his wife is murdered. And so he's, he's mm -hmm. sol he solves the murder. Right. He figures out why she was yeah. killed and confronts his friend, a lifelong friend who I don't believe wanted to have his he just wanted to they just wanted to steal something from his house take something from there didn't want to kill his wife but that's what ended up happening now he didn't kill her the one-armed man did actually there is a one-armed man in the movie this actor uh who who ends yes. up killing uh Celia ward um who you're right is 
beautiful woman, just stunningly yeah, beautiful woman. Beautiful. Uh, but but great, another great role for Ford. I remember seeing this up at the uh, Lake Geneva Theater, uh, one of these older, you know, on on the street, you know, one of the street theaters, not built like a complex. This is like you know in a building, you know, along a streetscape, and just a wonderful theater. One of my one of my favorite movies. And just a side note. The scene where the train crashes into the bus, that was filmed in North Carolina, and the bus and the train are still there. You can actually go to that site where they filmed that. They didn't move anything. They just left it where it was, and, and no one in you know, the state of North Carolina didn't care. Yeah, they just, that, they just that left it. almost sounds like Dyersville, Iowa. You yeah, know right, what I mean? right. It's like Absolutely. It's a film icon, and it's still there. Yep. One thing I wanted to interject about uh, about The Fugitive is that do you know who played in the TV series? Do you know who played the Richard Kimball? Was, was that David Jansen? David Jansen, I think? It was, it was either David Jansen or... Um, Patrick McGowan, who shows up in Braveheart. Um, I could be mistaken, but no, it's like, no, The Fugitive is like, he's so Harrison Ford. But anyway. Yes. Just, oh, no, absolutely. Just, everyone, I mean, that's the thing about Harrison Ford. He's just, he appears to be every one of us, right? I mean, he's just yes. a man, yes. you know, who, like, Air Force One, he's the president. Obviously, he's playing the president, but he, he just wanting to be president, you know, it's just doing his job yeah. and, you know, the plane is hijacked, yes. right? And clearing present danger. He's a, an aide to the White House and just wanting to do his job. And this is being pinned on him. Fugitive. He's just a doctor. Right. And so then I've we move. Reluctant, but go ahead, right. Move right. Reluctantly, you know, trying to solve the murder of of his wife. OK, so uh, moving on to my number two. And this is um, Star, Star Wars Episode five. The Empire Strikes Back. This is the second time that. Harrison Ford plays Han Solo, um, who, again, one of the, the top three movie characters of all time. And it's directed by Irving Kirshner, came out in 1980. And this is this is the dark Star Wars movie. This one is like, well, I mean, we don't count the, the next three that, that uh, Lucas does. This is like a dark, dark film. And everything goes wrong yes, in it. it. I mean, and, and I would assume most of the audience has seen this. And, and But Ford, you know, is this reluctant hero, right? He just, he's a guy who, mm-hmm. who, who he's a, a ship. He, he, um, uh, you know, he takes, uh, shipments across the galaxy and he doesn't want to be a hero. And he's kind of thrust into this, falls in love with, you know, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. Um, oh. and you know, there's, there's a famous scene where she says, I love you. And he says, I know, I know. I know. I know. And that's know, not, that's not what he was supposed to say. I love you back. And he changed it. But but that's where actors make a character. And that, that fit, he, Ford knew that fit his character. That's what his character would say. This is what Han Solo was. So, you know. No, you were so right. And real quickly, I don't want to stray off topic, yeah. but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's one of the most classic iconic lines, you know, I, you know, when he's going to be carbonated or what do they call that? Carbonite, you know, put yeah. him in the freezer basically. And he's frozen. There's that image. And yes, she says, I love you. He says, I know. But real quickly about return of the Jedi, she kind of returns the favor. 
in Jedi because at some point, you know, toward the end, uh, now he says to her, Princess Leia, I love you. And she just like hides her gun. She goes, I know. <laughs> so right, she right. returns the right. paper, basically. <laughs> so anyway, do you want me to move to my number one? I want you to move my, this would have been my number one folks, by the way. And he, and, and I let Bruce have this, uh, but I, I love this movie. You go ahead, Bruce, right into it. Well, here's what I call, Jay, here's what I call, like, what you might call a Tom Cruise syndrome or a Robert Redford syndrome or Brad Pitt, for that matter. What I mean by that is Witness, which we had at Centerville Cinemas, where I was an usher my freshman year in college. And it got my attention. It really captured my attention. We had it for approximately one month. It was a first run. Um, and we had it, but I guess the operative word there is, I think there's a tendency with some, with like an actor like Tom Cruise or even Char, uh, Charlize Theron or Robert Redford, there's this tendency in Hollywood to say, okay, you know, uh, let's say Robert Redford got to where he is because he's good looking. Well, it turns out he is good looking, but a la Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July, he also proved that he could act. And so that's, you know, Witness is not. It's directed by Peter Weir, who's a great director, released in the springtime 1985. Like I said, I saw it multiple times at the theater I was working at. But it got my attention because he is not an action hero in that film. He played, you know, he's thrust upon an Amish sort of landscape. And, you know, he it's a murder mystery to some extent. But that. He got my respect with Witness and Kelly McGillis. I had no idea who she was in 1985. And we know her from like Top Gun, for example, which is a year later. But Witness has a lot of depth to it. And so does Harrison Ford has a lot of depth to what he was portraying. And that got my attention. And I had what you might say a newfound respect. It wasn't Han Solo. It wasn't Indiana Jones. It was just a pure, like we say, an everyman. Right. And it's a brilliant film. I think it's largely overlooked. And this is why I say I deliberately chose films, you know, Harrison Ford films that were off the beaten track, if that makes any sense. And I think Witness is a great example. But I want to know your thoughts. Well, before uh, we get to my thoughts, I want to play my favorite part of this movie, and it's going to go right now. Here we go. It's not our way, but it's my way. Book, no! Book! It's all right, Book. Hey, watch it, Frank. He's going to hit you with his Bible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're making a mistake. So that's um, a scene, and in, in, so so John Book Ford plays this cop, this this detective John Book, who is mm-hmm. hiding this young yep. boy Lucas Haas, who witnesses a murder in a in a mm-hmm. Philadelphia train station, and and. They take him to it's uh, this Amish, you know, in the middle of this Amish country. Yes. And um, yes. 
Kelly McGillis plays. Yeah, yeah, Kelly McGillis plays uh, Lucas Haas's mom, and so and Book is was shot. He was shot. You know, re- you know, getting the boy out of the out of the mm-hmm. um, the train station and everything, and so they they heal him up, and so he becomes part of the society for a while because they're hiding because there's something going on here, something corrupt, and mm-hmm. that scene is like on the in the downtown of like the local you know, uh, whatever local towns around the Amish and these, you know, obviously regular citizens are like tormenting um, the Amish because they know the Amish are nonviolent. And, and the one guy rubs ice cream on Alexander Gutenoff's face uh, and sitting right behind him is Viggo Mortensen, you know, who was like, this is like his first movie. And behind them is is Harrison Ford with the with the father of Kelly McGillis. And he says to him, you know, book, this isn't our way. And he's like, it's my way. And he, you know, goes over there and kicks the crap out of that kid, you know? And, uh, you know, there's a funny exchange later on, uh, where the person, you know, one of the the neighbors is like, well, this isn't good for our, our you know, for our tourist attraction or, you know, basically our, our economy. And, you know, the dad's trying to explain, Oh, he's a cousin from out of town. Right. You know, but, uh, it's, it, it's a great movie with a, a fantastic cast. Again, Kelly McGillis, uh, Danny Glover uh, plays one of the villains uh, in this film. Uh, I think Ghost of Summer. Do you know who that is? Yes, yes, I do. He plays the other yeah, cop. He plays the other cop, right? In that film. Too. Yep, yep. He plays the other cop, right? He plays uh, Sh- uh, Schiffer, yeah, I think. Exactly. Um, no, this is a great movie. This is one of the movies I remember watching with my dad, and I, I saw it in, oh, at okay. the theater in. Albany, Georgia, that we went to every time that I visited him in yeah. Georgia. Um, and we both love this film. It, it, yeah, Harrison Ford at his best, nominated for Academy Award. Uh, really, he did, He should win the Academy and he shouldn't have won, in my opinion. This is because this is not the character he plays. It's it. Yes, obviously, it's an everyday, every man person, but he did it so very, very well. It's so it's it's really so do. low volume. You know, what I'm saying it's really just a low, you know, even tempered film. There's with these. Mad, you know, major acts of violence. The murder at the end, at the beginning, and at the end when they're trying to, they've come to kill Book, right? I mean, it's the same, you know, just other than that, it's just this very easy ride. And then, you know, just boom, boom, these these actions occur in the movie. But he was so very, very good in this movie. Yeah, he really was. Like I said, that's really what kind of got my attention now he can act like right. i said brad pitt robert Redford, all yep. these men you know tom cruise you know that really so here's one i'm uh eagerly awaiting why don't we move to your number one well, and my, why? well it's raiders of the lost <laughs> ark uh and you know this is where we meet the character indiana jones who ford has played five times to- four times and is going to play it again uh here spielberg's filming one one final film um, really, the you know the number one movie character of all, and I I don't know how anyone could question that not being the number one movie character of all time. Maybe James Bond, you know, I mean, but mm-hmm. Bond Bond played by so many different actors, and this is one character played by one person, uh, directed by yep. uh, Steven Spielberg, produced by um, George Lucas. Uh, I, I don't even you know other than just to say that. You know, I know everyone's seen this movie. Karen Allen is wonderful as as Marion in this film. Um, there's just so much going on in this film. It's such a tribute to older films, right? Older 1940-ish, you know, the action type of movies. Uh, there are Nazis, right? Yeah. Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones fighting the Nazis. I mean, 
I don't know who doesn't love this film. This is a great movie. I can watch it any any time. And I, I, one quick side note before I talk to you, uh, go to you on this is at at um, Magic Kingdom. I'm sorry, at Hollywood Studios in Florida, they have an Indiana Jones stunt show where they reenact a couple scenes oh, really? from the movie. They reenact a couple scenes from the movie, and Kelly, my wife, was actually an extra in one mm-hmm. of those scenes. They picked her out of the audience, and she got to go up on the stage. Uh, and they have obviously they have a actor who plays you know uh harrison ford well he, he plays a stuntman doing because the, they're just filming it and they're telling you they're fil- you know filming it and they have another actress an actress who's playing karen allen's character um right. and it she had such a great time and I, it was like 12 13 years ago it's been a long time but it was a lot of fun just yeah, it's just fun. a great movie give me your thoughts you know i think if if Let's say, and you're right, just about everybody on the planet has seen that film at one time or another. But if anybody wonders about the mystique of the whole franchise, you know, Indiana Jones, especially the very first one. If you watch the first 20 minutes, and I can vividly remember when I was a freshman or eighth grade or something, seeing it in the movie theater. If you're wondering what all the hype is about, all you need to do is to watch the first 20 minutes of the very first Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's like you're almost getting tired watching Indy going through what he has to go through. And, yeah, here's another caveat, Jay. Do you remember one of the chief Nazis that, you know, Karen Allen has a bar somewhere in, like, the Himalayas, if I'm not mistaken, something like She has a really remote location, Karen Allen. That's kind of like the love interest. Yes, yep. Um, I don't know the guy that plays the villain, and I don't want to spoil it, but he's one of the people when they actually open up the Ark of the Covenant. You know, all these Nazis, their faces are, like, melting away, (laughs) and it's a beautiful shot. But I don't know the actor. You know what I'm talking about? First, he, like, menaces her at the bar, and then later in the film, you know, um, I wish I knew that actor's name. I want to say it's John Rice Davies. But, no, even if you're not a swashbuckler or, or, you know what I mean, a fan of – adventure movies that is like the adventure movie and you mentioned a moment ago about james bond i think indiana jones is very similar to james bond but you brought up a good point harrison ford we can't imagine anybody playing indiana jones other than harrison ford so i'll let you talk yeah you know look you're right no one else can play indiana jones it it just doesn't work i'm trying to look now john john reef davies played salah who is um, Indiana Jones' friend who helps him find the the the, uh, uh, the temple, yes, right? Yes, you're right. right. And you're Alfred right. Alfred Molina is in this movie. He's at the very beginning. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's a, he it's betrays a, him. He betrays, he betrays him. him absolutely. And he really lean. Yeah, because I remember his Doctor Octopus, which of course he's not. He's heavy there, but yeah, isn't he the one that's like throw me the whatever? And then he betrays. Is that the same one I'm thinking of? Yes, yes, absolutely. Alfred Molina. Yep. Yeah, Alfred Molina. Right. That's a terrific um, movie. So, yeah. so Bruce, wonderful topic, and uh, to give everyone oh, yeah. a little hint, uh, next month. Yeah. I think this has got to be it for next month. I like it. What I like think, it Bruce? a lot. 
I think that's perfect, and I'm glad you had a teaser. Jay, it's always an honor and privilege, man. I'll definitely be in touch with you in October. Yep. Um, love Cinema Talk, and um, you I think know, we're back on the. It would be October 13th. We'll be back. So, uh, Bruce has been a great show. Uh, thanks for joining me, and we'll talk soon. All right, bud. All right, Jay. Thanks so much. You have a great rest of your day. You too. And this is Jay Schultz here on WHIW 101.3 FM in Harvard, Illinois. And I want to thank my very good friend Bruce Stout for joining me today for Cinema Talk. Guys, let me uh, 